This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? It is John from Pistons Territory back at you with another Pistons Territory podcast. I know it has been a while. It has been a long, dull offseason for NBA fans. Obviously, the NFL is in full swing with the Detroit Lions and their hype train, the baseball season winding down. Uh, if you guys are a big Detroit Tigers fan, make sure to check out Motor City Metrics. Um, that is the Detroit Tigers brand I co-own. Um, it is on twi- Twitter slash X, uh, YouTube, and obviously wherever you get your podcast. So if you're looking to listen to some Detroit Tigers talk, we're going to have a lot of great things coming in the offseason with Detroit Tigers free agency and uh, the Detroit Tigers potentially making some big trades in the offseason as well as they look to contend in 2024. But for the Pistons Territory podcast, uh, I'm going at it alone tonight. Uh, the guys were busy, RJ and Mateo. Uh, Parker, who's been on this channel before, we've had a, a various number of guests. We're looking to have a lot more guests on the channel for the 2024 or the 2023-2024 season. Um, we'll have a, some exciting announcements coming for Pistons territory. We've got some cool things in the work, uh, but I'm definitely going to be very committed to helping bring you guys the best Detroit Pistons content I possibly can. So make sure to subscribe to the Pistons territory YouTube channel. Um, there you'll find all your clips, your YouTube shorts, uh, the full video version of this podcast. Um, yeah, you don't want to miss out on the great Detroit Pistons content and hopefully a great Detroit Pistons season to come. But in this podcast, there's not a lot to talk about with the Detroit Pistons. Obviously, we had the schedule come out uh, a couple months ago at this point. Uh, so I'm just going to talk about some statistical predictions for the Detroit Pistons. I'm definitely more of an analytical guy. I like to look at the stats. I like to dive into the numbers. So I just want to kind of predict the Detroit Pistons uh, stats and see, you know, how many points is this player going to average? How many assists? What could his field goal percentage look like? Uh, what could he shoot from three? We're going to break that down in this podcast here today. Don't think it'll be a necessarily long podcast. Definitely doing solo podcasts can be a little difficult. Uh, I've gotten used to it um, over doing this podcast for the last year. Um, but yeah, let's just jump right into it. I don't want to waste anybody's time. Let's start at the top. I got a basketball reference pulled up, so we're just going to go down the list, predict the stats, kind of give an overview of what we can see from these Detroit Pistons players in 2024. So let's start with a very highly touted prospect on the Detroit Pistons, and that is Jalen Duran heading into his sophomore season. Jalen Duran is still just 19 years old, uh, incredibly young. In his rookie season, Jalen Duran played 67 games, uh, 9.1 points per game, 8.9 rebounds per game, shot 65% from the field, uh, 61% from the free throw line. And for Jalen Duran, what can we expect for Jalen Duran in his sophomore season? Well, I think he's going to get a lot of starts. Jalen Duran started 31 games in his rookie year, which is crazy. I mean, I think that says a lot about the Detroit Pistons' depth and how poorly their season went. Uh, having to start your rookie, especially a rookie who's one of the youngest players in the league, 31 games. But I think Jalen Duran is going to be the starter on opening night. Uh, I think that's his job to lose. And for Jalen Duran, you're looking at nine rebounds a game, nine points a game last year. What can he do this year? Another number I'm looking at, uh, 0.9 blocks per game. I expect that number to increase as well. But for Jalen Duran, I really expect him to learn under Monty Williams. I really expect him to be that rim protector and that defender that the Detroit Pistons need. And, and a big thing for Jalen Duran heading into his sophomore season is just being able to stay on the court. 
I don't think people realize how important that is for a center. I mean, you look at a guy like Andre Drummond, when he got into foul trouble, the Pistons got into big trouble because he was their guy. Now, obviously, Jalen Duren doesn't have a big as a role as Andre Drummond did, but you're going to want him on the floor. You're going to want him, you know, staying out of foul trouble. So I think that's a big thing for him is learning how to play without fouling uh, and staying on the court for the Detroit Pistons. Now, you hope that uh, free throw percentage increases a little bit, 61%. Definitely isn't terrible for a big man. You hope he can get it to around 70 to 75%. But I think in terms of my statistical prediction for Jalen Duran, I would say he's going to average a double-double in his sophomore season. Uh, I mean, he almost did it in his rookie year. Uh, playing 25 minutes a game, I definitely think we could see that increase, maybe get closer to 30 minutes per game in his sophomore season. But I would say my statistical prediction for Jalen Duran, he will average around 10 points a game and 11 to 12 rebounds a game. Maybe that's a little on the low side. I don't know what you guys think. Could he really take a big sophomore jump? And we, could we see him averaging 13 to 14 rebounds a game, 12 to 13 points a game? I don't think he's going to be a, too big of a vocal point on this offense, especially with the Detroit Pistons having a lot of other big men they could play. Um, so I think around 10 to 11 points a game is, is pretty fair for him. And I definitely think we could see a jump in the rebounds per game as well as he averaged nine his rookie year, I could definitely see him averaging 11 or 12 rebounds a game. But yeah, in terms of the long-term outlook for Jalen Duran, I think a lot of Pistons fans have hope uh, with him as a potential all-star. A, a potential all-NBA player might be a little much for Jalen Duran, but a big thing for him is going to be that jump shot. We saw in the summer league, he was taking some jumpers. Now, I'm not going to buy too much into that. Uh, if you guys want to buy into the summer league and the Drew League, I mean, we saw that with Drummond year after year. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it uh, in terms of an NBA game and his jump shot. Uh, if, if he's going to get the green light to be able to shoot mid-range jumpers, I think that's great, especially I don't think the Detroit Pistons are going to be contending for the playoffs in, in 2024. Um, but that would be a big thing to look for with him as well is taking those mid-range jumpers, uh, taking those shots 10 to 12 feet, from the basket. I definitely don't think he's going to be, you know, chucking up three pointers or nothing like that, but you want him to build his shot out uh, and extend his game. And I think uh, that could be a very big improvement point for him in his sophomore season. But yes, Jalen Dern going to play a big role for the Detroit Pistons in 2024. Another guy who we don't really know how big of a role he's going to play. That is Marcus Sasser. Now I do know he had the 40 point game in summer league can really, really shoot the lights out. I'm a big fan of Marcus Sasser. I really like his defensive intangibles, his tenacity on defense. He's a guy that's going to come off the bench and give the Detroit Pistons some much-needed energy. Uh, we've already heard comparisons between him and, and uh, Vinny Johnson. I don't know if we can put that on him in terms of a score. Uh, I think efficiency-wise, he's going to have a lot of work to do. But for Marcus Sasser, he is about to turn 23 years old. Um, so a, a bit on the older side, but that hasn't stopped the Pistons or at least Troy Weaver from drafting these guys uh, that are a bit older. You saw Sadiq Bey was a bit on the older side as well when he was drafted. But for Marcus Sasser, in terms of how big of a role he could play, the Pistons backcourt, it could be a little crowded. But, you know, we have said that in the past. Injuries are going to happen. We saw that. I think you'd rather have more depth than not enough depth. But you still have guys like Killian Hayes, who's going to be uh, trying to play, uh, find a role with this team. You have Monte Morris, who, who's going to be a solid veteran backup as well. But I think Marcus Sasser is a guy who can get 15 to 20 minutes a game. I definitely can see him as a guy who at the start of the season isn't getting that many minutes, but as the season goes along, the Pistons start to struggle. Maybe they trade some veterans at the trade deadline. Marcus Sasser could play a bigger role for this team. Uh, so in terms of minutes prediction, I would say probably – Closer to 20 minutes a game, maybe he's a 21 to 22 minute per game guy. Like I said, I definitely see his role increasing as the season goes along. In terms of three-point shooting, um, in college, Marcus Sasser shot uh, 38% at Houston um, for his senior year at Houston, 38%, 44% from the field. So he's a guy I expect him to shoot around 35 36% from three. Um I don't know how well his shot is going to translate to the NBA. I would expect a little bit of regression. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a necessarily high-efficient shooter. His field goal percentage is probably going to be on the lower side, but I do think his defensive tenacity, uh, his willingness to 
be a pest on and off the ball is what what's going to be his calling card for the Detroit Pistons in his rookie year. So yeah, Marcus Sasser, my prediction, field goal percentages, three-point percentages are going to be a little lower than a lot of Pistons fans expect or want, but I do think he's going to find a role on this team. And as he becomes a better shooter, as he becomes a better scorer, I think he's a guy eventually that can come off the bench, give you 20, 20 to five minutes a game, average, you know, 10 to 14 points a game and, and be an impact player for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, so it'll be really, really exciting to see his development. He had 58 steals uh, with Houston in his senior year. So that's definitely uh, going to be something to look out for. But what are your expectations for Marcus Sasser? Uh, I don't necessarily ever see him as a starter, but I do think he's going to be a young player. Uh, that's going to be exciting to watch and develop for the Detroit Pistons. So moving on to another young player, as, as you see a very common theme with this Detroit Pistons roster, Asar Thompson, the rookie. Now we have talked about on the channel about our expectations for Asar Thompson. Uh, you've heard the comparisons to Andre Iguodala. That is, um, that's, that's pretty hefty expectations, Andre Iguodala former all-star NBA champion. Uh, I, I Maybe I'd go as far as to say an NBA legend, but for Asar Thompson, we know the shooting has always been in question. He wasn't a great shooter in the overtime elite league. His three-point shooting wasn't great in the summer league, but we saw just how impactful Asar Thompson could be for the Detroit Pistons in the summer league. Having those incredible games, having you know double-digit rebound games, having multiple steals and multiple blocks in the same game, he is just going to be everywhere for the Detroit Pistons. He's going to be your Swiss Army knife defensively, going to take on those tough assignments and, and leaving Cade and Jaden Ivey more freedom and more focus on the offensive end because Asar Thompson is going to be guarding, or hopefully he's going to be guarding the opposing team's best player offensively. So Asar Thompson, I think defensively he's going to shine. Offensively, again, I don't think the field goal percentage is going to be as high as we want. I don't think the three-point percentage is going to be as high as we want either, but Asar Thompson, again, I think he can average over a steal a game. He can potentially even average over a block a game. Now that is uh, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's asking a lot for Asar Thompson as a rookie, but I do think eventually he's going to assume that starting role for the Detroit Pistons, especially uh, I think it's, it's pretty, I think you can predict that Boyan Bogdanovich will be traded at the deadline. And then you hope Asar Thompson has, gotten enough experience has shown enough improvement to where he could be elevated to that starting role. But I do think he's going to be a guy that averages double digit points. Uh, if I had to make a prediction, I would say anywhere between 12 to 14 points a game. I don't see him being uh, in the mid teens. Uh, if I, I would say, yeah, like 12 to 14, I think is, is a good spot for him in terms of minutes per game. I'd say he gets around 25 minutes per game off the bench and same thing as Marcus Sasser. I can see his minutes increasing as the season goes along but what are your predictions for Asar Thompson is he a guy that can ever average 20 points per game in the NBA that's still asking a lot and I do think me personally I have some doubts about Asar Thompson Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham's fit long term with the Detroit Pistons I just think the shooting I don't know how that's going to work we know Cade can play off the ball but Jaden Ivey wasn't a great shooter in college. Now he has shown some improvement. I just really wonder. And Asar Thompson is a guy, he can cut off the ball. He's very athletic. But how how well is he going to be off the ball? He's If you're playing with Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey, Asar Thompson's a guy you want the ball in his hands. You want him attacking the rim. You want him breaking down his defender. So the fit between those three is going to be very, very interesting to watch. It's going to be the storyline of the season. Though I would say Cade Cunningham definitely is going to be what we're all going to be watching in 2024. But Asar Thompson, um, like I said, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to average four to five assists a game, potentially you know, five to six rebounds a game. So I think Asar Thompson definitely can make a very big impact for the Detroit Pistons in his rookie year. And I really hope for the long term he can be a guy that helps the Detroit Pistons get to where they want to go, which is eventually contending for an NBA championship. So... We've got three youngsters we just went over. Let's get to a veteran on the team, Boyan Bogdanovich, who, spoiler alert, I think he will be traded at the trade deadline. Now, I do think it's very interesting that he's not been traded and he won't be traded. He will start the season as a Detroit Piston. I don't know how I feel about this because 
Boyan Bradanovich is not young. He's 34 years old. So if, if he gets injured, you could make the case that's it for him. He's th- like The NBA is not an old man's league. It's a young man's game. If he gets another, you know, suffers another serious injury, he could become, I wouldn't say unplayable, but defensively, if he slows down, if he loses a couple steps, um, that doesn't bode well for his trade value. So I think the Pistons should have traded Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, we, we could talk about Troy Weaver and how much you trust him and the job that he's done. I think that's a conversation for another podcast. Uh, I've definitely had some doubts, and I think Troy Weaver – the seat is definitely getting warmer on Troy Weaver uh, heading into this year. But again, that's a topic for another day. But Boyan Bradanovich should be traded at the trade deadline. I think it would be, I mean, the only justifiable reason for you not to trade Boyan Bradanovich if the Pistons just exceed expectations and they're sitting there holding a playoff spot at the trade deadline. But even then, I mean, he's a guy you can get some assets for. So it'll be interesting to see for Boyan Bradanovich. Uh, his first season with the Pistons, he averaged 21.6 points per game, 41% from three and 49% from the field, 88% from the free throw line. So he's a guy that can really get the job done. We know he can shoot. To me, it's really just going to be about him staying healthy and, and providing that shooting for the Detroit Pistons. Fingers crossed for all Pistons fans, Boyan Bogdanovich stays healthy and, and they can trade him or potentially, I mean, at least a first-round pick, hopefully more than that, maybe a first-round pick and a couple seconds, a first-round pick and a young player that could potentially be something for the Detroit Pistons. But I think the best-case scenario with the Detroit Pistons and Boyan Bogdanovich is they're competitive enough where they can justify trading him and elevating some of these rookies. You know, the Detroit Pistons could see a Sar Thompson improving, adjusting to the NBA and giving him more of a bigger role and then trading Boyan Bogdanovich. Same thing with Marcus Sasser. He could be a guy that is getting adjusted to the league and can take on a bigger role for the Pistons, and then they can justify moving Boyan Bogdanovich. I don't want the Detroit Pistons to necessarily be one of the worst teams in the league and have to trade them. I want it to be a difficult decision at the trade deadline. It's kind of walking that fine line of trying to compete but also trying to build for the future. Um, But I think long-term, best-case scenario is Boyan Bogdanovich will be traded for the Pistons. In terms of averaging 21.6 points per game last year, I think that will be decently lower this year. I think he could be somewhere around 18 to 19 points a game. Um, Asking him to replicate what he did uh, shooting-wise last year in terms of those percentages is a lot, but I do think he'll be right around 40% again. Uh, I mean, he was almost a 50-40-90 guy last year. But, uh, yeah, Boyan Bogdanovich is going to be a focal point for this Detroit Pistons offense. But you really hope, as the season goes along, he can defer to Cade Cunningham and kind of settle in. I mean, even deferring to Jaden Ivey, you really hope Boyan Bogdanovich is this team's third option behind Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. I think that means a lot of things have gone well for the Detroit Pistons and the development of their young players if Boyan Bogdanovich is no longer your first option. And we know last year, it was unfortunate circumstances. Boyan Bogdanovich had to be the first option because of the Cade Cunningham injury. But you really hope he, he's moved down on the totem pole and, and can kind of play a supporting role in a way and not be the Detroit Pistons' go-to guy in 2024. But that was our first veteran. Let's get to another veteran uh, we could talk about. That is Joe Harris, who the Detroit Pistons acquired this offseason. Joe Harris can shoot. I mean, I'm not going to get – go too in depth with Joe Harris. He's 32 years old. He's been around the block, um, has been on some pretty solid Brooklyn Nets teams, uh, has been with Brooklyn since 2017. Um, yeah. As as I just said, shooting, that's what he's going to bring. He led the league in three point percentage in 2019, led the league in three point percentage in 2021. He is a career 44% three point shooter and he shot 40, 2%, almost 43% from three in 2023. uh, Started 33 games for the Brooklyn Nets, a team that made the playoffs. Listen, Joe Harris, I'm not going to say he's not what he once was. Um, A couple of years ago, he was playing a much bigger role for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, in 2020, started every single game, started near 70 games for them. In 2021, that was a Brooklyn Nets team that had Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving, he started 65 games for them. Uh, like I said, last year only starting 33 games. 
His minutes decreased uh, a significant amount, only averaging 7.6 points per game. But again, he's a depth piece for the Detroit Pistons. He's a guy, if an injury comes up, if Boyang Bogdanovich has to miss a couple games, you expect Joe Harris to be inserted into that starting lineup and knock down open threes. That's what the Detroit Pistons need. They need guys that can space the floor for Cade and Jaden Ivey and Asar Thompson. So I think Joe Harris was a great pickup for the Detroit Pistons. And again, best case scenario, he has a good enough year to where you could trade him at the deadline and get something for him. Uh, he is on a pretty hefty contract, but I do believe he is an expiring contract making around $17 million. And for Joe Harris, again, you hope he's a guy the Pistons can trade. Uh, I do expect his minutes to be increased a little bit with this Detroit Pistons team, obviously not having the expectations the Nets have had over the recent years. But again, twenty around 20 minutes per game uh, is going to get a decent amount of three-point shots and is going to be a good depth piece off the bench for the Detroit Pistons. But moving on from Joe Harris, we've got another guy who – had, you know, he was talked about a decent amount in the Detroit Pistons offseason. That is Marvin Bagley III. I think there's a lot of differing opinions on him. For me, I'll be honest, I'm ready to give up on Marvin Bagley. And you might feel a different way. You might think he's got more left in the tank. But for Marvin Bagley, he's 24 years old. And I do think we're at the point with him, this is the player he is. And if we just want to look at his track record, um, it's just relatively the same. He's really never shown that much improvement year to year. He's always been a fairly efficient player field goal percentage wise shooting around 50%. He's, I mean, at first career, he's a 50% uh, shooter from the field, three point percentage, 29% has never been able to develop that three point shot, um, which is big for him because again, I don't want it to be like I'm beating a dead horse. This is the tale with Marvin Bagley. He's not good enough defensively. He's not athletic enough. Um, he doesn't have the the length to be a, a center. He, he, he's not a center in today's NBA. He's going to struggle defensively uh, as a center. Uh, he's not really physical enough either as a center. But he also is, is very talented. He has a very good post game. He has very good touch around the rim. Uh, is a very fundamental player. And that's where his role has been. But here's the problem with Marvin Bagley. If he's not a center, then he's a power forward but he can't shoot. So he's really in this kind of hybrid uh, of a center and a power forward. But my question is, what is Marvin Bagley good at? What is he going to excel at at the NBA level? And to this point, it really has been nothing, if we're being honest. He, he, he can't shoot. He can't really defend. He's an okay rebounder. I mean, he's averaged seven rebounds per game, has never averaged over seven and a half rebounds a game. His best season was his rookie year. Uh, where he averaged 15 points a game on, on a very, let's face it, a, a bad Sacramento Kings team. And, I mean, he's just this guy that's going to come off the bench. Uh, he can finish around the rim. Like I said, he's got good touch around the rim. But he, he just doesn't do a lot for you. And I think the Pistons are better off having a guy like Jalen Duran. Now, is Marvin Bagley a better offensive player than Jalen Duran? Yes, he's definitely a more skilled offensive player than Jalen Duran. Is Marvin Bagley a more skilled offensive player? Then James Wiseman, yes, but defensively, I think you're giving up a lot with Marvin Bagley. And, and I do think just never being able to develop that three-point shot, uh, he averaged 4.4 uh, threes a game in 2023 for the Pistons, only shooting 28.8%. I'm out on Marvin Bagley, and I, I do think he's not worth the contract he's been given. I believe the Detroit Pistons have a team option on him after this year. He will likely be gone after this year. He could even be gone at the trade deadline. I want to be wrong about Marvin Bagley. I just don't see it. I don't ever see him being a starter in this league. And, you know, this is what I always, if you want to figure out how impactful a player is for your team, I want you to take Marvin Bagley and put him on the Denver Nuggets, put him on the Miami Heat, put him on the Boston Celtics. How big of a role does he play on a true championship contender team? If you put Marvin Bagley on those teams and you think back to the 2023 playoffs, Marvin Bagley is not getting that many minutes for those teams. He's maybe, is he even getting 10 minutes a game for those teams late in the playoffs? So he's just not a guy for a bad Pistons team. He's going to get 20, around 20 minutes a game. But I do think on a good team, Marvin Bagley is, is a bench player. He's uh, a 10th, 11th man on, on your team. 
And um, yeah, I, I do think the Detroit Pistons are keeping around, keeping him around just for depth and not much more to say about Marvin Bagley. I did go on a bit of a tangent. I know some Pistons fans have brought up his connection with Cade Cunningham. Listen, Cade Cunningham can play with any big man. If you're a big man that can run to the rim, can catch lobs, can finish, is athletic, we'll be fine. So I don't want to hear that excuse of, oh, but, you know, Cade Cunningham and Marvin Bagley have this incredible connection and you can't get rid of Marvin Bagley because of that. No, I, I, don't, I don't buy that. I think Cade Cunningham and Jalen Duren are going to have a great connection. They're going to play great off each other in that pick and roll. Uh, I just think they need more time. They really didn't have any time to develop that connection with Cade getting injured. So Marvin Bagley, again, kind of hoping he's off this team after this year. Hopefully I'm proven wrong. Hopefully he'll have a breakout year. But we've been saying that ever since his rookie year. Hopefully he's going to break out. Hopefully he's going to make this big jump, and he just never has. Uh, But moving on from Marvin Bagley, let's move into Jaden Ivey. Definitely a main focal point for the Detroit Pistons in 2024. Played 74 games in his rookie year. That's really great to see his durability. Him being able to stay healthy is going to be huge for the Detroit Pistons. 16.3 points per game, four rebounds a game, five assists per game, 42% from the field, which is very encouraging, especially with him really being thrown into the fire, if we're being honest, with no Cade Cunningham, Boyan Bogdanovich getting injured late in the season. I mean, he was the Detroit Pistons' go-to option. Uh, Teams game planning for him as the number one guy. Very impressive. Uh, there's nothing negative you can say about Jaden Ivey. There's, you can't pick apart his game. and You can have a little doubt about his three-point shooting. He shot 34% from three, which I think a lot of people expected him to do that in his rookie year. You hope that can increase, especially with Cade Cunningham on this team, especially with Boyan Bogdanovich healthy. He can increase that to 36 37% from three, 75% from the free throw line. You hope he can get that closer to 80 I'm not going to pick apart Jaden Ivey. Uh, he had a fantastic rookie year. Uh, made a lot of Pistons history, if we're being honest, in his rookie year. So can Jaden Ivey average 20 points a game in his sophomore season? I wouldn't go that far. I do think he's going to be around 17 to 18 points a game. You hope that field goal percentage can increase. Like I said, you hope that three-point percentage can increase. And you hope he can cut back on those turnovers as well. Jaden Ivey averaged 3.2 turnovers a game to 5.2 assists a game, which isn't terrible for a rookie by no means, but you hope those numbers uh, can even out, obviously upping the assists and lowering the turnovers. And I do think Jaden Ivey is going to have a big sophomore season for the Detroit Pistons. I don't think he's going to be an all-star by any means, but Jaden Ivey definitely going to make an impact for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, My question to you guys, can Jaden Ivey average 20 points per game is your prediction 20 points per game for Jaden Ivey? I'm going to go on the lower side, like I said, 18, 19 points per game. But I think it'll be a very interesting storyline to watch, especially the chemistry between him and Cade Cunningham. That's going to be really exciting to see that develop as the season goes along. Uh, we're going to go to another veteran. That's Alec Burks. Uh, looking at Alec Burks, 32 years old. Not going to spend too much time on Alec Burks. We know what he is. We know what he can be for the Detroit Pistons. Played 58 games for them in 2023. 46%, I'm sorry, 44% from the field, 41% from three. He's a career 38% three-point shooter. Like I said, Alec Burks is going to come off the bench and shoot, and that's really what we're hoping for. And if you're believing in Troy Weaver, you're believing that he has put enough shooting around this young Detroit Pistons core with Alec Burks with Joe Harris, with Boyan Bogdanovich. These three guys are going to play a big role for the Detroit Pistons. They're the veterans on this team, and obviously they're going to bring the shooting as well. Uh, Alec Burks averaged 22 minutes a game last year. He'll probably be somewhere around that this year, 13 points a game. I don't think he's going to get as many shots as he did last year. I don't think he's going to play as big as a role. But Alec Burks, another great veteran to have on this team, really adding to that Detroit Pistons shooting depth for 2024 let's get to Cade Cunningham we could save the best for last but I want to follow this order I'm just going down this list Cade Cunningham this is going to be an interesting one so Cade Cunningham in his rookie season averaged 17.4 points per game averaged 19.9 points per game in his sophomore season only played 12 games first thing I want to say with Cade Cunningham uh, field goal and three-point percentage definitely going to need to see an increase there 
Uh, 41.6 his rookie year from the field, 41.5 in his second year. Now, his second year, you can't really look too much into it. Uh, he, he had a very, very good start to the season and then had a really rough game against Boston. I believe that game against Boston was his last game of his sophomore season, and you could tell uh, the injuries were starting to catch up to him, obviously the shin injury. So I'm not looking too much into his sophomore season. If I would look into a sophomore season, I would look at that stretch of games he had where he was absolutely just balling out and looked like an absolute superstar. He looked like he was on a trajectory to be an all-star in his second season. But for Cade Cunningham, I mean, his rookie year, he got off to a dreadful start, uh, really struggled to shoot. But as the season went along, I don't think you can look at Cade Cunningham and be analytical. I don't think you can look at Cade Cunningham and dive into the numbers. You either believe in him as a superstar player or you don't. You believe in the intangibles. You believe in the talent. Uh, the number is I don't really think accurately depict what he's been at the NBA. He's only played 76 games. Uh, the field goal percentage isn't where you want it to be. The three-point percentage isn't where you want it to be. But again, I think you need to look at those numbers with an asterisk because he was injured heading into his rookie season as well. And obviously his sophomore season, pretty much a wash. Uh, I mean, you can have the conversation of if he's injury prone and if you want to worry about that moving forward, you hope the injuries are behind him. You hope the surgery that he got, he's ready to go now and he's fully healthy and we can finally see what he's able to do at full strength. For me, Cade Cunningham, in terms of statistical expectations, predictions, I'll just leave it at this. Cade Cunningham needs to be an all-star level player. That doesn't mean he's going to make the all-star team. We know how competitive that is. We know teams that are usually at the top of the Eastern or Western Conference are going to get an all-star. He needs to put up all-star numbers. You need to look at his numbers when the season over when the season is over and say, that is an all-star level player for Cade Cunningham. What, what does that look like? I'd say it's at least 20 points per game. I'd say it's at least six to eight assists per game, five to six rebounds a game. And you definitely hope those turnovers lower a little bit and, and the field goal and three-point percentage increase. If, if you're asking me for a number, I think he needs to shoot at least 35% from three. Um, I don't think that's too much to ask for. And, and I think for the field, you're asking him to shoot close to 45%. He was, he was 41% his rookie and sophomore year. If he's at 43 44%, I think that's pretty respectable. But like I said, Cade Cunningham, he's the guy. He needs to be the star. And that's really the storyline of this Detroit Pistons season. We can go in-depth with all these veterans and even the players around Cade Cunningham. If we're being honest, if Cade Cunningham is not an all-NBA player, if he is not a potential top 10 or top 15 player in the NBA one day, if he's not a guy that's going to be getting MVP votes one day, this Detroit Pistons team isn't going to be going much of anywhere. This is a star-driven league. This is the guy that's going to take the Pistons to where they need to go. This is the guy that Troy Weaver's job is dependent on. If Troy Weaver is not the player the Detroit Pistons need him to be, Troy Weaver's job is going to be on the line. That's what happens when you draft this player number one overall. When the Detroit Pistons got lucky enough to get the number one overall pick and you draft this guy in Cade Cunningham with the number one overall pick, he's a guy you build your franchise around. He needs to be that for the Detroit Pistons. This season, again, you can call it the Cade Cunningham season because that is what we're all going to be watching. That's what we need. We need this kid. I say this kid. He's literally like the same age as me. We need Cade Cunningham to be that star for the Detroit Pistons. You know, those comparisons to Luka Dantage. That's a little much. I don't think he needs to be Luka Dantage. Luka Dantage looks like he's going to be one of the greatest players of all time when it's all said and done. Cade Cunningham to me, multiple-time All-Star, multiple-time All-NBA, a guy that should finish top 10 in, in the MVP voting in multiple seasons, maybe even top five, maybe even top three one day. But that's my spiel on Cade Cunningham. All-star level season, whatever that looks like for you. Like I said, 45% from the field, 35% for three, 20 plus points a game, six to eight assists per game, five to six rebounds a game, lowering those turnovers. Cade Cunningham is going to have a lot of pressure on him. And it's going to be a big year for, for Cade Cunningham and the Detroit Pistons, I think, in terms of the highlight that's going to be on him, the pressure that's going to be on him. We haven't seen a Detroit Pistons player have this much pressure on him, and I couldn't even tell you how long. Like, even Blake Griffin really didn't have that much pressure on him because he was already established. He was already an all-NBA player. I mean, 
I'm not going to say Blake Griffin's an NBA legend, but he's definitely going to go down and be remembered as, as a great player in the NBA. For Cade Cunningham, this is his season to show that he can be the guy for the Detroit Pistons. And it's going to be very, very exciting to see what he can do. And essentially his sophomore season, I mean, he only has 76 career games played. He has two more games played in the NBA than Jaden Ivey. So this is really him and Jaden Ivey's sophomore season. So it's going to be really, really fun to see what those two can do together and hopefully grow and gel together as the season goes along. Uh, but moving on from Kate Cunningham, we have a few players left. Isaiah Livers, I'm not going to talk about him too much. I don't think he's going to have a great, uh, a big role on this team. Like with guys I've already said, I think he's farther down on the depth chart than Alec Burks or uh, even Asar Thompson. You could even make the case uh, that Killian Hayes, oh, oh, Killian Hayes is always an interesting topic in terms of Isaiah Livers and Killian Hayes, who's going to get more minutes. That'll be interesting to see. I, Isaiah Livers. I don't know. I, I really don't know what to make of his career and his impact on this team. He's played 71 career games to shot 38% from three. He's on this team for a reason. And if you just want my spiel on Isaiah Livers, best case scenario, like I said, the veterans are traded. Boyong Bajanovich, Joe Harris, Alec Burks are traded. Isaiah Livers assumes a bigger role on this team, and he takes advantage of that role at 24 years old. I'm not saying time's running out for him, but he's a guy that hasn't been able to stay healthy. You really hope this can be a breakout season for him. He can stay on the court. He can knock down his threes. And I, again, with a lot of these young guys, I think his, you can see his role and his minutes increase as the season goes along. Uh, but another guy who's going to play – see, this is the debate I think that needs to be had. And it's very fitting that these two players are back-to-back -back on this list, Monte Morris and Killian Hayes. I don't know what the Pistons are going to do in terms of backup point guard. And I don't want to get into the whole Killian Hayes spiel. It's a dead horse. You're either believing him, which a lot of people, a lot of people don't believe in Killian Hayes. A lot of people are off the, the Killian Hayes bandwagon or the Killian Hayes train. Uh, I'm still on that train. I still believe in him. I do think eventually Killian Hayes will be a starter in the NBA on a, on, on some team. I'm going to die on that hill. I've made it this far. But there's a reason Monte Morris is on this team. I don't think it's because just because they brought him in to trade him. I mean, I think hopefully that's the plan is Killian Hayes shows enough improvement. But as of right now, Killian Hayes looks like the third string point guard, which is pretty unfortunate to say because I do think there was a lot of improvement he showed in essentially his sophomore season last year. Killian Hayes played 76 games, started 56 games, career high in minutes. But the thing everyone's going to look at is the field goal percentage, 37.7%, and the three-point percentage, 28%. That's really what you're going to need to look at. He did average a career-high 10.3 points per game. And the number I want everyone to pay attention to with Killian Hayes, and I will die on this hill with his improvement and with his future in the NBA, last season 6.2 assists per game, only 2.3 turnovers per game. That is very, very valuable information. That is a three-to-one, almost, almost a three-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. That is very, very good for a 21-year-old uh, starting games for the Detroit Pistons. So I, if, if you want to believe in Killian Hayes and you want to look in the underlying numbers, that's what I'm looking at. He's a guy that can distribute the ball. He's a guy that can take care of the ball. He's a guy that can set up his teammates. And a point guard that doesn't turn the ball over, who makes the right plays and makes the right passes, is very, very important. And at 21 years old, for him to be able to put up those numbers, I think is incredibly overlooked and very underrated. And, and I do believe for Killian Hayes, his passing is going to be his calling card, as well as his defense averaging 1.4 steals per game in, in 2023. I'm going to say it a million times, the Detroit Pistons giving up on Killian Hayes will be a massive massive mistake i know the field goal percentage isn't where we want it to be i know the three-point percentage isn't where we want it to be but in terms of defensively in terms of playmaking that's where he's already where we want him to be at 21 years old i think he's exceeded in terms of 21 years old i don't see any 20 21 year olds uh making that impact defensively and i think killian hayes is he ever going to be a great three-point shooter no is he ever going to be a great from the field, is he ever going to be an efficient shooter or scorer? No. But to give up on him 
this early in his NBA career, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. There's talent there. We've seen it. The underlying numbers show it. We've seen he's had bursts. He's had bursts, and that's the thing. It's the consistency with Killian Hayes. We saw in 2023 he had stretches where he looked really good, where he was shooting very well from the field, and then eventually it came back down. It's just that consistency. I saw so much improvement from him in 2023. I really just think it's about that consistency shooting-wise, picking his spots, taking the right shots. But Killian Hayes, he already has NBA skills that are very, very important for a young point guard. I don't want to make this a a Killian Hayes rant or the Killian Hayes show. The Detroit Pistons should not give up on Killian Hayes. I do think he should be on this team. For the remainder of this season, I do think eventually Monte Moore should be traded and Killian Hayes should be the backup point guard. And again, it'll pay me to see it. Now, in terms of statistical predictions, his field goal percentage is going to be better. That I can say that. It's going to be closer to 40%. Does it eclipse 40%? I think there's a really decent chance. Does his three-point percentage eclipse 30%? I think there's a really good chance for that too. Uh, again, his turnover, assist to turnover ratio, very, very good. And here's the other thing. I, I'm going on a Killian rant. Here's the other thing. That's going to be a very common theme on this on this podcast is the Killian Hayes rants. Um, Killian Hayes was playing against NBA starters last year. He should not have been playing against NBA starters last year. He should have been playing against bench players. So his numbers, I think, would have looked a lot better because he would have been playing against lesser competition. So I think him getting starting 56 games and playing against NBA starters, playing against stars, having to guard stars on the other team is just going to do a lot for his development, uh, having that experience. So, again, I, I we're going on the Killian Hayes rant. Don't give up on Killian Hayes. There's a lot of improvement that he's made, and I think there's a lot more improvement that's going to be made with him. But I do think he's going to start the season as the third-string point guard and in terms of Monte Morris, who who likely be your backup point guard. Now, we do know injuries happen, and I think the Detroit Pistons are preparing themselves for that, having three quality point guards. If Cade goes down, Monte Morris could be elevated to the starting role, and, and I think that bodes well for them because Monte Morris was a starter in 2023. He started 61 games now, the Washington Wizards. That's a story for another day. Uh, but Monte Morris shot 48% from the field. With the Wizards, 38% from three uh, is a guy. Here's the thing with Monte Morris. I think one of the most underrated players in the NBA, Monte Morris, 5.3 assists per game in 2023 to just one turnover a game. Let let me repeat that for you. He averaged 5.3 assists per game to just one turnover a game. Starting, starting. Uh, 61 games and playing 27 minutes, he had a five to one assist to turnover ratio. That is that is incredible. That is I, I'm pretty sure I'm almost a hundred percent sure that is the best assist to turnover ratio for any point guard in the NBA. So Monte Morris and the Pistons really got him for a bag of chips, if we're being honest, as RJ would say. Um, Monte Morris it was a fantastic pickup for the Detroit Pistons, and I do think having that that cushion. Uh, if a Cade gets injured, if a, a Killian Hayes gets injured, you even have Marcus Sasser who could play some point guard as well. I mean, we even had Point Burks at, at some point last year. So I'm not going to say you have five guys that can play the point guard, but realistically you have three true point guards, Marcus Sasser, a combo guard, and then uh, Alex Burks who could fill in. So they built some really good depth with the point guard position. Monte Morris, a fantastic pickup, only 27 years old as well. Uh, I think there's a lot to like there. And I'm really, really glad that he's on this team uh, providing that veteran depth, can set up those bench players, can make the right passes. And again, that assist to turnover ratio, I think is so important for your point guard, not turning the ball over. Because when you're turning the ball over, you're giving the other team fast break opportunities. You're giving them easy points. Um, Monte Morris was a fantastic pickup. And I know I'm a big Killian Hayes guy, but I'm just as big as a Monte Morris guy. So I think having that depth is going to be great, and it'll be really interesting to see uh, if Monte Morris and Killian Hayes get some run together. Um, It'll be really interesting to see, but the depth the Detroit Pistons have built I think is something to be positive about heading into 2024. Uh, We have two more players left, uh, two more big men to talk about. Let's talk about James Wiseman. 
who is, was born two days after me, I believe. Well, he is a year older than me, but James Wiseman, 22 years old. Uh, last year for the Detroit Pistons, 24 games played, 22 games started, 25 minutes per game, 53% from the field. Uh, shot 0.8 attempts from three, so less than an attempt per game. Only shot 16.7%, so really wasn't hitting any threes. And for James Wiseman, 12.7 points per game he averaged with the Detroit Pistons. Now, if you just want to look at his season in, in totality last year, 45 games played, 10 points per game. Uh, really didn't play that much for the Golden State Warriors. 21 games played, uh, averaged 12.5 minutes per game. So, I don't know. I don't really expect James Wiseman to be a long-term piece for this team. He only has played in his career. He's played 84 games in his career. So he has played, what is it, 12? He's played 10 more games than Jaden Ivey. He's played eight more games than Cade Cunningham. So this is essentially his sophomore season if you want to look at it. He's only 22 years old. I I just believe in Jalen Duren. I wouldn't say a lot more, but definitely a lot. A little, like a, a medium. Uh, I believe in Jalen Dern more than James Wiseman. Does that mean James Wiseman doesn't have a role on this team? But I think there's a lot of overlap between Jalen Dern and James Wiseman. I think they, they do a lot of the same things. And I do think Jalen Dern is just a little more impactful, better defensively, more physical, stronger, better rebounder, better rim protector than James Wiseman. Um, but again, that competition of having these two young guys, Wiseman and Dern, uh, fighting for minutes, fighting for that starting spot, showing who can be the center of the future, I think is going to bode well for the Detroit Pistons. And I do think a best-case scenario, James Wiseman plays well enough for the Pistons to where he becomes a trade asset for you. Or, I guess, and this isn't even a worst-case scenario, uh, another scenario that could happen is he just plays uh, his role on this team. He basically just comes off the bench, and there's no real significant drop-off when Jalen Duran sits because you have a guy in James Wiseman who's going to do a lot of similar things as Jalen Duran. So I, I do think very similar numbers to Jalen Duran. If you ask for like my statistical prediction around 10 to 12 points a game uh, rebounding wise, he averaged 8.1 rebounds for the Pistons. Hopefully he gets closer to double digit rebounds. Uh, didn't has never averaged over a block a game as well. So hopefully that can be a threshold he can cross. But again, I mean, just a very young, unproven guy. This is essentially James Wiseman's sophomore season for the Detroit Pistons in 2024. Uh, It'll be really interesting to see what kind of developments he's made shooting-wise. We've seen he's been willing to take the mid-range shot. Uh, Will he extend his game out to the three? He was taking threes last year with the Pistons. I think his shooting's a little bit uh, farther developed than a Jalen Duran. But another young guy that's going to be really interesting to watch the Detroit Pistons. And, and to round it all out, let's go with Isaiah Stewart, good old beef stew, who I don't know how I feel about Isaiah Stewart, if I'm being honest. If you really put a gun to my head and ask me who I think is going to be the more impactful player and let's say three to five years, Sadiq Bay or Isaiah Stewart, I might still say Sadiq Bay. Isaiah Stewart I don't know if it's for the culture in terms of the extension that he got. I just don't see how he impacts winning at a high level in terms of the playoffs. Remember I asked you that question with Marvin Bagley. If you put Isaiah Stewart on a championship-level team, what is his role with that team? I don't think he's starting. I think he's a guy that's going to come off the bench. Uh, I mean, if you put him on the 2023 Denver Nuggets, does he play 10 to 15 minutes a game as a backup big man? I think you can make the case there, but is that really worth the, the money he's getting paid? I don't really agree with that. I think he was a little bit overpaid, but for this young Pistons team and all these guys on these rookie contracts, I don't think it's going to necessarily hurt the Detroit Pistons. But for Isaiah Stewart, played 50 games in, in his third season. Last year started 47, 44% from the field, 33% from three shot, four attempts per game. So a lot of attempts from three last year. I mean, he went from, in 2022, Isaiah Stewart shot 0.6% attempts. So didn't even take a three a game in 2022. He increased that to four shots, four three-point shots a game in 2023. Now he obviously tailed off pretty heavily down the stretch. Uh, he, he got that percentage up to around, I think it was like 36, 37% from three. 
and then it kind of tanked near the end. I mean, free throw percentage, 74%. He's increased that every single year. I think for Isaiah Stewart, the hope is with him, he comes off the bench, he gives you some energy, he, he plays hard on defense, and you hope that three-point shooting percentage continues to increase. But if you want my hot take on Isaiah Stewart, I, I just don't think he's going to be a player that's going to be a focal point for the Detroit Pistons when they're finally ready to win. I, by no means do I think he's a starter on a championship team. I do think he's a bench piece for this team. Now, he will be a starter this year. He'll probably be a starter next year and potentially the year after that. But I think when the Detroit Pistons are finally ready to contend for a championship, I don't know if Isaiah Stewart is going to be a guy that can play a huge role for the Detroit Pistons uh, when they're finally at that level we all want them, we want them to be, which is in the NBA playoffs. But the hope for Isaiah Stewart, he shoots at least 35% from three. I think that's a good baseline for him. Field goal percentage uh, decreased a lot last year compared to his first two years, but obviously he was taking more threes, uh, taking more shots. So I do think that kind of evens out. Uh, his second year, 51%, decreased to 44% his third year. Hopefully he finds the happy medium between those two in his fourth season. And, and yeah, that's really all I got on Isaiah Stewart. He played 28 minutes per game last year. He'll probably be around that this year. Maybe he gets closer to 30. Um, but yeah, Isaiah Stewart, it'll be very interesting to see. He's a young player uh, that can still show some improvement. He just I mean, he's 22 years old. He's the same age as James Wiseman. So that's kind of my spiel on the Detroit Pistons, just kind of going over the roster, breaking everything down, breaking what, breaking down what we can see from all these young players. And there are some veterans on this team, but as you can see, there's just a lot of young players, a lot of guys still trying to prove themselves uh, for the Detroit Pistons. But it's going to be a fun season. My voice hurts. I've been going for uh, just over 50 minutes. And, um, yeah. My spiel to end the podcast, make sure to check out Pistons Territory on X slash Twitter. Make sure to check out the Pistons Territory YouTube channel where we'll have clips of this podcast and all the other podcasts. We have Pistons Trivia. We're going to have some Pistons throwback content. A lot of great stuff. Uh, you'll see the whole gang, RJ Mateo, uh, potentially Parker as the season goes along. We're going to have some great stuff. We'll have some predictions. We'll have some more podcasts coming out before the season starts. We might even have some live watch-alongs for some Detroit Pistons games. Um, Definitely very excited for this Detroit Pistons season. I'm not getting my hopes up too much. I'm not sipping the Pistons Kool-Aid like everyone's sipping the Lions Kool-Aid. I'm at the point with this team where I'll I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Every year I'm hoping, like, this is the year the Detroit Pistons are going to break through. They're going to exceed expectations, and that just hasn't happened yet. I'm I'm hesitant to believe in this team, if I'm being honest. Um, but we'll see what happens. I think there there is a decent amount to believe in this team. There are a lot of young players that have a lot of potential, but will that translate to winning at the NBA level? That's going to be the question that needs to be answered in 2024. But I'm John from Pistons Territory. Thank you guys so much for listening and or watching. Be on the lookout for more great Detroit Pistons podcasts and content. And thank you guys so much. I'll see you guys in the next one.